Well, good morning out there. Nice to nice to see you. It's nice to be back here. Uh, we we get to see a lot of the dads that is that I do at the father daughter uh, camping trip and the father son. John, you failed to announce that. That's a that's like key highlight reel for the Parsons kids. What's it? Two three weeks away. We're we're doing that. First weekend in June. There you go. Thanks, Greg. We look forward to that. We have in my garage, I want to say five or six second place trophies. And I tell the kids like, hey, they can come inside when it's a first place trophy. Like we are defending champs at coming in second. And I learned, uh, we were at the at James and Kim last night. We, we stayed overnight and um, we stayed in Mariana's room. And I look up there, and there's like all first place trophies from the father-daughter camping trip. So, so, so we're taking a few of those home with us. That's what we'll do. We'll just do a, we'll swap a roof. Well, it's good to be back, and it's it's really great to be here and and worship the Lord together. Um, what a great what a great um, time we have every Sunday morning to do just that, right? Just just focus on the Lord Jesus. And we could close our Bibles and go home and, and um, have a full day. Uh, but we get to look at God's Word, too. I invite you to turn to, to Genesis chapter 23 as we continue on in, in Genesis. You know, I like, to, uh, I like to look at childhood events, key things in my life. And lately I've been doing this thing where I, I, I do the math of, uh, how old were my parents at that time? You know, something big happened. Oh, my parents. And as I think about it, they're kind of the same age that I am now, right? And it takes the lens uh, of a childhood memory and makes it more of an adult memory. And I've been doing that a lot. I was even doing that with James's dad. You know, last time we were together, I was having him tell me about, all right, now boys camp, when I went up there, how old were you? And, and what was life like? And how much vacation were you taking? And and it's like the age I am now, right? And, and it just feels different to look at it that way. Uh, that happened with a, a childhood memory. I, I grew up in the Philippines. Many of you know my dad. He's, he's been here. And my parents were missionaries. And uh, we had a, a, a trip up to the mountains, which was kind of big to do in the Philippines because it's so hot there. That the only break or relief that you're going to get from the sun is to go up into the mountains and it's the only place in all the philippines that you'd wear a sweatshirt and it's uh it's a it's a windy road all the way up these these mountain roads and this particular vacation was a different one it was unique because we were hosting uh new missionaries right they had just come from the united states in fact they just come from new hampshire uh, they were assembly folks. They are assembly folks. Uh, we knew them from Camp Berea and um, knew them from years of service together. This guy would, would bring his boat up to Newfound Lake, a big fancy boat, and he'd, rec- he'd recruit campers to help him clean it. And he was leaving all that behind. They had a, you know, a pretty nice, uh, comfortable, you might even say affluent lifestyle here in the U.S., And they were giving up all of that, stepping out in faith, going to the Philippines, 
uh, for a year. They were going to take on a, a one-year assignment. And um, as it happened, uh, we decided, my parents decided, well, it would be great, you know, uh, just to give them a soft landing into the Philippines and the culture. Like, let's take them on this vacation just to, you know, welcome them before we dive into work. And it was almost literally picked them up from the airport, headed up to the vacation spot, and there we were. Um, we get there, 45 minutes off the road. Uh, the, the parents were unpacking. The, the kids went off to play. Massive 7.7 on the Richter scale earthquake uh, that shook the ground and demolished the landscape. I mean, to say that, that we were lucky to be alive, it's not an understatement. Uh, it was a, a terrible terrible catastrophe. A lot like you'd see the pictures in uh, the recent one in, in Turkey. And I, uh, I do the math, bringing this back around, I do the math, I was like, oh, my parents were my age. And, and this, this uh, missionary man and his family with uh, middle school daughters, that's the age I am. And now I think about that and I say, wow, Lord, why? Why? Why that? Why earthquake? Why uh, I step out in faith, uh, I leave uh, all the comfort of home, I go off into a foreign land, and almost the, the first thing out of the gate is this major catastrophe. And they're lucky to be alive. And so I think, boy, he, uh, he must have had this thought of, that. that's not, Lord, that's not what I expected. It wasn't in the plans to have that happen this way. Boys, we go through Genesis. It's interesting that you guys are going through Genesis. We're doing that back at our assembly in, in uh, New Jersey. You look at the life of Abraham. And that's a narrative that comes up a lot as I look through Scripture. Boy, that's not, Lord, that's not how I would have scripted this thing to go. It's not how I would have planned it, right? Almost from the start in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham, go, go and go to a land that I will tell you. He's at an advanced age, right? 70, 75 years old. Go, Abraham. That's just not what we expect. Can't be what Abraham expects at this point in his life. And so on it goes, right? He's had trials. He's had delays. Last week, I heard from Greg, we had testing, severe testing. And all the way along, you could have that, that undercurrent of, Lord, this isn't going how I expected. See, the promises are there. There's, there's promises. There's promises in 12, great promises that have been reiterated and recaptured for Abraham. And obedience is high, right? There's high watermarks of obedience. But still, this pattern of God showing us that our ways are not his ways. And the way we would plan to have things operate aren't his ways. There's been a lot of close calls, right? Close calls for Abraham. When it, when it comes to loss, he has avoided them. Remember chapter 13? He almost lost Sarah, his wife, to Pharaoh. Right, he, 
heads off towards Egypt, and he has to do some scheming there. He lies, and he almost loses his wife. Can you imagine? She was pretty much gone. She was in the house of Pharaoh to be, become his wife. God had to intervene, and he avoids that loss. He almost lost Lot to the, the, the culture there in Sodom and the people that had him captive. God intervenes and, and strengthens Abraham, and he gets him back, and he avoids, he avoids that loss. And last week, almost lost his son from his own hand. We see Abraham. God intervenes. Today, it's different here in Genesis chapter 23. It's God's not going to intervene and stop something here. We have the death of his wife, Sarah. This is loss. This is profound loss for him. The death of Sarah, it had to be something that Abraham said, this is not the plan. This is not what I had expected. Had to be for him. So here we are in Genesis chapter 23. The text is is really simple. We'll read some of it, not all. It, It breaks out like this. Sarah dies, he mourns, and he buys a burial plot. Those are the 20 verses. He, Sarah dies. There's a, a time of mourning. And then a lot of elaborate detail on the purchase of a piece of land in Canaan. I think there's some important things we can pull out of this passage. I pray the Lord would help us. Three things that I have today. Three things that we can look at as a person of faith. Abraham is a, a man of faith. right? We've, we've detailed that about him. A man of faith, a friend of God, right? If there's ever a man, we ought to look at that that man with a title like that and, and say, How can we how can we do like like he does? So three things I want to get to that, that look at that look at faith and how we process loss and kind of the the realities and reactions that Abraham has. Why don't we let's look to the Lord first and We'll get into our time here. Heavenly Father, I I thank you for Brantford Bible Chapel and the the group here. Thank you for the thoughts shared this morning and the songs sung. Lord, I I pray that there would, that Jesus, that just that name, that would be the only name uh, that matters to us. Lord, I, I pray that as we bring into this room now busy schedules and concerns and trouble and some even in real seasons of hardship, Lord, I, I pray that today you would help us understand what you have to say in Scripture. Make these words meaningful to us for today, for, for tomorrow, and in and on through our week. Commit this time now to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Genesis chapter 23, starting in verse 1. Sarah lived 
127 years, these were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died at Kirath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. So we have the death of Sarah. I told my dad I was speaking here. And he's been here. He said, oh, tell so-and-so hello. Tell so-and-so. David, are you doing a Mother's Day message? I said, uh, uh, no. <laughs> I'd like to thank the elders for uh, the, the death report here. It's so glad you did that big flower thing because that sort of warms up. the. We have the death of Sarah. But we can, for a moment, just take a second to appreciate Sarah. After all, I like the phrasing here in verse one. She lived, right? She lived 127 years. These were the days of her life. And just as a a sub point to to our, our outline here, Sarah lived. Sarah lived. And she's an important person, Sarah is. She's the only one in all of scripture, the only woman whose age is captured at the time of death, right? It happens a lot with the men. You think of all those genealogies, and they lived, and they lived, and they were this age, and then they died. Sarah's the only one. Significant woman. She was a great woman. Not only did did Abraham get up and leave, and leave his kindred and go, Sarah did too. When she had the miraculous birth at at such an advanced age, the writer of Hebrews attributes that to her faith. She's a great woman of faith. Peter uh, shows her loyalty and her uh, admiration of her husband and willingness to follow him in submissiveness and says, boy, if women do like Sarah, they should be called her daughters. She's a great model for us. She's a great mom. And as we think about loss, even on a Mother's Day like this, perhaps painful for some, right, to to think about mom and to miss her. We can think about the years that they lived and the, the testimony that they were and the warm and fond memories that we do have. But point number one for our outline is that while seeking the promises of God, People of faith will suffer loss. While seeking the promises of God, people of faith will suffer loss. This is is significant. You You could say that for Abraham, perhaps this is the hardest one yet. See, he's had struggles and hiccups and even lapses in obedience. But this one is much more permanent. We don't know how she died says that he came in and and found that she was dead, so maybe he wasn't even there and and had to kind of realize the shock of that. But he has to be feeling that, oh, we were together, the recipients of this promise, and the promises haven't happened yet. And Sarah's died. Verse 2, and Abraham went, in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And this is the, the sadness, uh, the, the mourning. This is what we would expect. 
Right, Sarah's a great woman, a, a mom. And she's dead. And, and almost for the first time in maybe a century, he, he wakes up and she's not there. I wonder how long they were married. Right, Hebrew tradition, if it was like some of the tradition, they were married at age 15. I could make them together for 112 years. Can you imagine? I'm just now at 20. 21. We, we, only ha- we don't fight that much, but we have about five or six arguments that we've been fighting about for 20 years. Imagine Abraham, like 60, 70, 80 years of the same thing. Wow. So this is hard. And what about the promises from God, right? Abraham has been told, along with Sarah, that they're going to be a great name and a great nation and, and have descendants and multiply and be given and given and added to. And God is going to be in the business of abundancy. But here, it's taking away. It, it, it can't be what Abraham had expected. This is final. The main idea from these first two verses here, the, the idea to be developed is that the, the early recipients of the promise, starting with Sarah, are going to die. And it, it had to take Abraham by surprise and remind him of his own mortality, that, oh, she's not going to experience the promise that, that God's been talking about. What about me? It wasn't, I'm sure, what he expected. It's a reminder for us that in the plan of God, the reality is that that loss is a part of that. While seeking the promises of God, point number one, people of faith will suffer loss. It's a reality. There's a, a Zoom prayer meeting that, that takes place for missionaries. Some, some of you have I've seen on there. Um, and I remember a year or so ago, there was a European uh, missionary who came on, and he, his wife had, had fallen ill, quite ill, and the, the, the prognosis wasn't good. It, the cancer or something w- was such that um, didn't look like recovery would, would be happening. But he, we committed to prayer, and he told us about her, and we prayed for her situation. But in a couple weeks, it, it changed. And you could, I could sense the transition, and he said, Brothers, it's clear God is not. He's not. He's not going to save her. So let's take the time and just honor her. Thank the Lord for for her. I felt, felt like I had a lesson, a good lesson for me that day, because what am I? I've had, I've had some loss. You know, I've lost some grandparents, but I'm by no means an expert. But I felt like I got a real class, and boy, that's how, that's how you do it. 
he handled the situation with a reality that God's plan is still in place. And you mourn. And you weep. And then you thank the Lord for that person. Those men did that well that day. While seeking the promises of God, people of faith will suffer loss. Point number two, while seeking the promises of God, people of faith persevere in suffering. People of faith persevere in suffering. Verse three, and Abraham rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner and a foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of sight. So there's a big chunk of verses here, and for sake of time, I I won't read them, um, but scan them and and then uh, look at them a bit later too. There's a whole elaborate detail here about securing this piece of property. Uh, Moses gives us a lot of detail, and essentially it's this. The, he's going to meet with some city officials, Abraham is. Uh, he, he requests to buy this land. There's some negotiation. They say, no, Abraham, you're, you're great. You're a great person. We'll give it to you. He's not interested in receiving it as a gift. Uh, he's not even interested in the kind of the bartering that happens or the haggling, and he pays top dollar for it. He pays 400 shekels for this piece of land. They said that's the equivalent of about 100 pounds worth of silver. And he doesn't want it for free, and he doesn't want to go back and forth, and he, he pays the going rate. And we have a, like a legal transaction here, and this detail, and, and the purchase of land. And, and the key point here is that Abraham is staying in Canaan. He's staying put. He's staying with the plan of God. Just for a second, if you have your Bibles open, scan back to the end of chapter 22. There's one other point to make here before before leaving. Abraham gets word from back home that his brother Nahor, Greg read, read this at the end of last week, He gets this report that his brother, his kid brothers, had 12 kids. He's been away. He's been away a long time. And a lot's happened. And he just, you know, word travels slowly. Abraham just gets this word that his brothers had 12 children. So you get this report from home. You have Sarah dying. The tradition would be that you bury your dead back in their ancestral home. That's what folks did. So you get this warm report from back home about family that's, that's grown up, and, 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 and it reminds him of home. It reminds him of the houses they used to have, and he's not living in tents anymore or thinking about not living in tents, and, he, and he, he gets that report. And Sarah died, and it makes sense for her to go back home. And you look at all those things, you say, yeah, it makes sense. Abraham, just go. Go back to Ur but he's not going to do it. He immediately makes arrangements to bury his dead. See, people of faith persevere in suffering. 
We even had a word about that this morning, right at the breaking of bread, of, of doing what's in front of you and, and finishing the work. Jesus Christ finished the work. And you get a sense right here, right after extreme loss, that Abraham is moving to come. He's not going to back off of it. There's a determination there and a, and a steadfastness that he's going to be resolute in sticking with the promise. And he does it quickly. You know, there's, for, uh, for a lot of these folks, for, for Hebrews, the mourning period was 30 days. For Egyptians, it was 60 days. We don't have any kind of report of that amount of time dedicated to mourning. He, he moves right into the negotiation here for buying land. The land. So what is the land? Verse 2 states that Sarah died in the land of Canaan. Verse 19 says it was the land of Canaan that Abram secured the burial site. Point here is that Abraham was showing his faith in God's promise. This is the field in the cave of Machpelah. That's still there today. Maybe some of you that have visited Israel and the Holy Land, you made this a stop. You can go to the tomb of Sarah today, Machpelah. It's currently uh, under occupation of Muslims, so it's a little more tricky. Um, but you can go and look through a peephole and see with, with almost, they have uh, almost full authenticity that this is the place. Herod, so many years ago, preserved it, and it's a landmark and a, a place to go. The field in the cave of Machpelah. See, Abraham, he dealt with Sarah's death realistically, knowing that people of faith suffer loss. And then the reaction here, he, he steps out in faith, believing in the promise, persevering in suffering. You know, there's several things in, in my life that if I lost my wife, I think I'd be done with that thing, right? I mean, we were at our chapel, we're able to do Awana and we do some youth group stuff and we, we do a, with, with many of you, we do a week of camp. But if Sarah goes, I think I'll be like, all right, Lord, I'm going to go to the next thing. I don't want to do that anymore. Like she's, she's mostly the operation, right? I wouldn't argue with that. It's easy to look at the death of Sarah and then wonder, all right, what now with the promises? Is Abraham going to stick to this? Because there was strength and comfort and resource in his companion. There's a woman, um, there's a woman who helps in the kitchen at Pinebush. Uh, she helps there for a couple of weeks. And she's, what, Sarah's almost in her 90s. And, um, you know, if you just passed by her, you, you would see her there in the kitchen, nice smiling face, and, and um, just be greeted there with a smile. And nobody really knows her backstory, but I do. I, I know Marie, and I know that she actually is a, a pillar of Pine Bush Bible Camp, worked there for probably 30 summers. Right, and, and with her husband, Charlie, they ran the show, everything from, from Bible teaching to 
to all of it. Music, maintenance, cooking, probably lifeguarded. Uh, her husband's gone now. He, he fought some sickness for a long time. And, and so she's back up at camp, and I'm talking to her last summer and just asking her about her day, and she's going to do this and go take a walk. I said, oh, yeah, you're going to take a walk. And she said, yeah, I, I walk around here and there. She said, but I don't go down there. And she pointed down to the lodge. And it was that memory of her, like, all those summers with her husband, Charlie, in the lodge. And it was too painful for her to, to go even walk around there. In that moment, I thought, Marie, why are you still doing this? Why are you still up here at camp even when there's pain? Right? And, a, and it's a woman like Marie that just inspires me and puts me in awe, right? When I'm spiritually low or... or need, a, need a, a kick in the pants to not give up on something, I look at her. And she's going on for the Lord, and she's, she's working at, at camp, even though it brings grief, even though it reminds her of loss. See, people of faith persevere in suffering, and it can be a way to be a, a great demonstration of faith, to persevere. I'll close here with uh, point number three. Point number one, while seeking the promises of God, people of faith will suffer loss. While seeking the promises of God, people of faith persevere in suffering. And lastly here, while seeking the promises of God, people of faith demonstrate that the promises of God, they extend beyond this life. Verse 17, so the field of Ephron and Machpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area was made over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is in it were made over to Abraham as a property for, burying, for a burying place by the Hittites. People of faith, they demonstrate that the promises of God extend beyond this life. See, the death of Sarah wasn't a stopping point. Abraham is a, a landowner now. He came in at verse 4. He identified himself as a, a foreigner and a sojourner, but now he's a landowner. The field and the cave that is in it were made over to Abraham as property. That's an important phrase for Abraham because he's been told that he's going to get all of this land, but he hasn't received any of it yet. And so now, in all of Canaan, the only land that Abraham has, he bought. And it's a grave. But by buying it, he's, he's proving that this now will be the ancestral home. Not going back to Ur. 
Sarah died having received very little of the promise. But here in Genesis chapter 3, Abraham makes plans for the future. And not necessarily his future, but the future of the promise. See, everyone's going to be buried there. Uh, Jacob's going to be buried there. Abraham, Isaac, even Joseph will be buried in this, in this cave. People of faith, point three, demonstrate that the promises of God extend beyond this life. The promise is going to continue. Sarah's death isn't going to hinder God's work. The, the promises will go on and on after her death. In life, the, the patriarchs were, were foreigners, but in death now, they are heirs to the, to the land, heirs to the promise. What do we do when we get these moments in life when we can't make sense of God's plan or we have that moment where we say, boy, that's not what I would expect. God, I, I don't see how you're operating for my good here. I don't see your plan at work. It's not what I expected. What we see here, Abraham, a friend of God, we see how he operates. He, he deals with loss as a reality. His reaction is one of perseverance and determination to keep going. And the reward, he realizes that the promises go, go far beyond what he can imagine in this lifetime. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for the words found here in the account captured for us here in Genesis chapter 23. Thank you for this man, Abraham, a friend of God. Lord, I, I pray that as we walk through life and have unexpected moments or even have loss, you would help us uh, grieve and mourn appropriately. You would have us respond in faith to, to demonstrate that our trust is in you. Lord, I pray for any out there, even this woman Sue who was mentioned, in the midst of loss, well, Lord, we can't quite know what that's like until we're there ourselves. Pray for comfort there. We pray for comfort among this body for, for folks who would be experiencing loss. Lord, we know that you are the only one who can provide a real peace in times of suffering. Lord, we commit this day to you again. We thank you for the word. We thank you for our mothers. And commit this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.